ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय श्रीमद भागवतम कंटो वन चैप्टर सिक्स टेक्स्ट थर्टी सेवन translation and commentary by his divine grace ac bhaktivedanta swami prabhupad suta uvacha evam sambhasya bhagavan narado vasavisutam आमंत्रणयो मुनि रिकॉर्डिसम and vibrating on his veena instrument he left to wonder at his free will purport every living being is anxious for full freedom because that is his transcendental nature and this freedom is obtained only through the transcendental service of the lord illusioned by the external energy everyone thinks that he is free but actually he is bound up by the laws of nature a conditioned soul cannot freely move from one place to another even on this earth and what to speak of one planet to another but a full fledged free soul like narada always engaged in chanting the lord's glory is free to move not only on earth but also in any part of the universe as well as in any part of the spiritual sky we can just imagine the extent and unlimitedness of his freedom which is as good as that of the supreme lord there is no reason or obligation for his traveling and no one can stop him from his free movement similarly the transcendental system of devotional service is also free it may or may not develop in a particular person even after he undergoes all the detailed formulas similarly the association of the devotee is also free one may be fortunate to have it or one may not have it even after thousands of endeavors therefore in all spheres of devotional service freedom is the main pivot without freedom there is no execution of devotional service the freedom surrendered to the lord does not mean that the devotee becomes dependent in every respect to surrender unto the lord through the transparent medium of the spiritual master is to attain complete freedom of life every minute or something there's some sound that's that sound what is that then again it will come that's it again what is what is that sound no one knows there it is again less than a minute it's a gate sound many interesting statements in this purport uh the purport 
is built around the last word of the verse, Yadrichika, which Yadrichika, Yadrichi, no, the penultimate word of the verse, uh, which means according to one's own desire. Uh, so freedom, Srila Prabhupada takes up the, the um, topic of freedom. Srila Prabhupada writes that freedom is only attained through the transcendental service of the Lord. Seems to be contradictory. How can you be free and doing service also? He, just before that he writes that freedom is the... Uh, every living being is anxious for full freedom because that is his transcendental nature. It is the nature of the living being to have freedom, but some freedom, limited freedom. Without freedom, we would be just machines. Sometimes people say, well, why are we in this material world? Why, if, if God loves us, why doesn't he just put us in the spiritual world where we're all happy? But the happiness of the spiritual world comes from service to Krishna, which is the constitutional nature of the living being. <coughs> Unless we do it voluntarily, it's not really service. We can have, we can have robots serving Krishna, but then, then there's no exchange of love. It's voluntary. One, one serves someone else for various reasons. One reason is out of fear. Do what I say or else kill you. Another reason is to get some money. People work for money. They get money. They're, they're not working for love of the boss. It's not that, oh, I love my boss so much, so I don't work. They may hate their boss, but they want money from him, so they, have, they can't show their hatred. <clears throat> but devotional service means serving without any personal motive, neither out of fear or out of desire for personal gain. Mostly religious systems, they tell us, oh, you better worship God, otherwise he'll throw you into hell forever. Or they say, well, if you worship God, you can go to heaven and get so many virgins you can enjoy, or whatever. But it, that's not love. Love means when, you, when we serve just because we want to please the other person and we don't want to get anything back. And when one does that, one is situated in one's constitutional position and one is free from the modes of material nature. Srila Prabhupada states that full freedom is the transcendental nature of the living being, uh, but this statement of Srila Prabhupada's we have to understand in the context of other statements of his, wherein he states that we only have limited freedom. Our, our full freedom, that means the maximum extent of our freedom we can get when we are fully in Krishna's service. Otherwise, we're never fully free. Even Krishna is not fully free. Now you may say, well, 
how he must be. He's God. That's one of his uh, defining characteristics as given in the beginning of Srimad Bhagavatam. Swarap. He is independent. But he comes to, he puts himself under the control of his devotees. That's mentioned in Srimad Bhagavatam. Vritya the, the Krishna's condition of being controlled by his devotees is his greatest glory. Even though he says at the beginning of, or the beginning of Bhagavatam states about Vasudeva, the supreme truth, that he is Swarat. Constitutionally he is Swarat or independent. But because he has the nature to love, therefore, he himself says, as we find later in the Bhagavatam, Aham bhakta paradhi nahiya swatantra and ivadvija. He says to Durvasamuni, I am dependent on my devotees. I am not fully independent. So the desire to be free, that is a natural desire, but we are limited in so many ways. It's a natural desire to not want to be restricted in so many ways. In this material world, we're in a prison. It's like a prison house. And we're restricted in so many ways, and we feel discomfort due to that. Actually, I, I wanted to speak on this topic because uh, just I was speaking with this one devotee who drives a taxi here, Ravin, and he taught, we were talking about religious affiliation in Singapore. People are religious. Mostly people are Chinese, the, the Chinese, the Malays, the Indians, who constitute most of the population of Singapore. They're mostly all religious. So I said that. But he said that nowadays there are more and more free thinkers. They like to use the word free thinker. Which means that uh, they don't accept any religion. In the, if you have to fill up some form for the government, you have to put your religion. So Hindu, Muslim, Buddhist, and some people put free thinker. Free thinking is the idea that, well, if you're a Hindu or a Buddhist, or so, you have to accept some, someone gives you some idea and you have to follow it. If you're a Christian, you have to believe that Jesus is the only begotten Son of God and he died on the cross to save us from our sins. If you're a Muslim, you have to believe uh, there is no God but Allah and Muhammad is his final prophet. La illallah wa illallah Muhammadan Rasulallah, as they say probably not the correct Arabic translation, but then probably most Muslims don't properly pronounce it either. But that's the idea. There's certain things you just have to believe. So the idea of being a free thinker is that, well, you don't accept what anyone just tells you, 
You think for yourself. Uh, just because someone tells you, oh, you're born in a Muslim family, so now you're a Muslim. Or you're born in a Christian family. Actually, no one says I'm born in a Christian family, hardly. They'll say, they'll be more specific. Catholic, they'll say. Or Orthodox, or Baptist, or Baptist Reformed, or whatever. Uh, they'll usually be more specific. So there's the idea, if you're a Catholic, then you have to believe not only that Jesus died on the cross to relieve us from us, save us from our sins, but also you have to believe in the Pope and the Church and everything else that goes along with it. And if you're Protestant, you have to believe, you have to believe not in the Pope. The, the Catholics think the Pope is the most sacred person on earth, and the Protestants, at least they used to, but maybe some of them still do, think that the Pope is the Antichrist, or the, the personification of evil on earth. They're both Christians, but one of them thinks the Pope is very good, and one, one set thinks he's very bad. Anyway, the point is that you have a set of beliefs which you're just supposed to believe, and the free thinkers think that, no, we'll think for ourselves. We'll come to our own conclusions. We won't accept anything dogmatically without logic and proper rational understanding. And they don't call themselves atheists. It's, it's a more sophisticated term. You say you're an atheist, it sounds like another kind of dogma that you're, oh, we're against, we don't believe in any religion. We're, we, we're, they, have, they also have their blind faith. Just like the people who believe in some god, they blindly believe in the atheist, blindly doesn't believe, or is, or is against the idea. But the free thinker, it gives, sounds very sophisticated, you see. But it comes to the same thing. They, they don't believe in any god. And they think that, well, we just think by ourselves. It's nonsense. No one thinks. Even to get the idea of being a free thinker, they didn't think it up themselves. They got it from someone else. They didn't invent the term free thinker. And they think we'll speak according to logic. But logic is, uh, how logical can you be? The whole system of logic uh, depends on looking at the world in a certain way. It's another worldview. It's, uh, uh, we think that we'll just be neutral on whatever... Whatever knowledge is there, we'll examine it, and then we'll decide what to believe and what not to believe, but in a neutral way. But no one's neutral. Everyone is preconditioned to believe certain things and to not believe certain things. There are so many things come up which defy the scientific status quo. So many things. The scientists, they all, whatever it may be, there may be uh, spontaneous combustion, people just lying in their bed and they just burn to death. Their whole body just burns. There are various instances of this. No one sets them, they're just lying there and then they burn to death. Or there are instances of people reading other people's minds, or uh, instances of 
people who have memories, they can remember every single thing that happened in their whole life in great detail. Uh, or there are instances of people being haunted by spirits. I think that's not so common in Singapore. In Malaysia, that used to be quite common when I was there in the 1980s. Is it? In Singapore, not so. But in Malaysia, you'll find possession by spirits is quite, or used to be at least. Many things could have happened in the last 30 or so years. So like this, there are many things which scientists can't explain. But they, they, may, they try to explain it or they, in some, some way. Try to make some, what they think, a rational explanation. Things which appear to defy logic, then they make some kind of often very convoluted explanation. So they also, they say they're free thinkers, but inherent in their system of thinking is a presupposition that everything is explainable by the scientific method, the materialistic method, that there is no spirit, there is no God. They presuppose that there is no spirit, there is no spiritual dimension, there is no God. They just they say, well, if we can explain everything in material terms, then what do we need to speak of any God but, uh, or anything spiritual? But they, but they come to everything with a bias, a presupposition that there is nothing but matter as we know it. So the free thinker is actually not very free in his thinking. Everyone is constrained by trividhasima. There are three uh, categories of limitations of our mind. They are uh, time. We're in a certain time block. We don't know how people, what their culture, what, what the general way of thinking was. Even if we go back a hundred years in Singapore, we'll find the way people related with each other, the way they led their lives is very different to now. So we're limited by time. We're limited by space. Narada, he's not limited. He can go wherever he likes in space, in the material and spiritual world. He's free. But we are very limited. We may say, well, I'm free thinking. But your free thinking won't help you to go beyond time and beyond space. We're all limited by birth, death, old age and disease. This is the teaching of Bhagavad Gita. It's not a religious teaching as such. It's, it's a statement of fact that everyone in this world seems to ignore to a large extent. We're all going to die. Mostly people ignore that. So that is one great foolishness. As long as we're foolish... And even if we have our so-called freedom, that won't help us very much. <laughs> ah. So the idea that we can be free-thinking, yeah, there's time, space, there are three limitations on our thought. Time, 
space or, or three limitations on on everything about us time space and thought what we're able to think of what we're able to imagine is limited if one is trained in for instance mathematics one can begin to conceptualize complex mathematics but one has to be one has to have the capacity and then one has to be trained uh, otherwise will our mathematical our ability to mathematically conceptualize is limited we're not free the very fact that we are limited means that we're not free only god can be completely free because he is unlimited we are limited so to call ourselves a free thinker oh uh, well i'll think according to logic and come to my own conclusion but how how can we come to any conclusion we have so little knowledge of of this world and what goes on within it how can we come to any conclusion simply by our own logic and especially those who are free thinkers they put a lot of trust in the scientific method which relies uh at at its base level on observation but there are there are problems with observation of knowledge acquired by observation is supposed according to the scientific method in its most basic form it's supposed to be the base level of our knowledge but there are so many problems with scientific observation also hmm. uh, for instance if we if we observe a particle then we want to note down something about it by the time we note it down the particle has changed <laughs> that is the nature of this world we were in in mathematics in geometry we have to draw so many lines and circles and curves but these are all imaginary there's no such thing as there's no such thing as a line between two points it's something imaginary as soon as you draw it it's not a line it's actually more Uh, redolent of a rectangle if you draw on the paper a line then the the line has width and length so it has two dimensions which means that it's a uh, it's a rectangle or something close to that so a pure line and ab- should have absolutely no dimensions but we're not able to draw that So there are so many problems with our conceptualization even if we talk about mathematics we just happen to use a times table which uses 10 the number 10 as its basic unit but the mathematics would be different if we used for instance 12 as our basic unit mm-hmm. we say free thinking but in free thinking we're also in it's not that we are completely we just completely use our own logic and but, but free thinking means we import into our way of thinking the the philosophical theories of various philosophers of the western world 
mostly, who have, who have pioneered this kind of thinking, that you should think for yourselves. So even if we think, I'm thinking for myself, but the very idea of thinking for myself has come from some different Western philosophers. So we're not really thinking for ourselves at all. So our method of processing knowledge is through guru, sadhu, and shastra. Not that just we, we believe something, or we see some, uh, we observe some phenomena, we carefully study them, and we come to some conclusion. This is the scientific method, but it is imperfect, because our senses are imperfect. We have the tendency to cheat others, we have the nature to be an illusion, and we make mistakes. Brahm Pramad, Vipralipsa, Karnapatav. These are the defects of the conditioned state. Asatyare Satya Karimani. We take that which is unreal to be real. So the free thinkers, they think, oh, we're very, we're superior to all these people who believe in gods. And the free, the, the free-thinking spiritualists, the devotee of Krishna, like Narad Muni, who would never, just to show his freedom, he wouldn't break his musical instrument. I can do whatever I like, because he uses that in the service of Krishna. So he's free. He can go to whatever planet he likes and glorify Krishna. But he has personal preferences also. He likes to play his vina. He could bring with him an electric guitar, I guess, or, or a piano. It would be a little difficult to carry a piano around. Or one of these accordions. They became very popular in his country. But he likes to play a vina. He likes to sing about Krishna uh, accompanied by this particular instrument. Why? Well, that's his choice. He likes to. Krishna likes it also. And so he does. He wanders here and there and glorifies Krishna. So the idea that, well, we should uh, conduct our own business or whatever, our whole life, in such a way that, we're, well, we're free-thinking. We don't accept anyone's opinion. But if we want to take that to the extreme, then we'll probably end up in prison and we won't be free at all. Because if we think, well, now the government wants me to drive on the left-hand side of the road, but I'm a free thinker, so I'll, I'll drive on the right-hand side. So you might, why should I follow anyone's pattern of why should why should they do their thinking for me? I'll think for myself. So you may end up in hospital, quite likely, or in the prison for violating, of course, violating traffic laws are not considered so generally so bad, but if you do it two or three times, then they'll have you in the lockup and you won't be free. If we want to be free to the full extent yeah, I can do whatever I like. So, you know, insult the the uh, prime minister of the country. In some countries, 
yeah, you can, you can get away with it. But in other countries, they'll lock you up and maybe shoot you. So how much freedom do we have? Or even in countries where there's a lot of freedom, is it actually a very valuable freedom to have the freedom to talk all nonsense? The emphasis in the Vedic literature is not so much on freedom as on knowing the truth. Atato Brahma Jignyasa. Having attained the human form of life, one should inquire into the nature of the ultimate, absolute principle, Brahma, underlying everything. So it is our nature to be free from misunderstanding, but it is our nature also to be controlled by Krishna. Our freedom comes in submitting to Krishna's will. Others who say, well, I'm free. Well, we're not free from birth, old age, disease or death. Uh, so we are subject to Krishna's will. Uh, Krishna oversees all these things. Upadrashtanu mantacha. Uh, so he, dis he oversees everything. We may say, well, I want to be free from all of that. But we can't. Because by constitutional nature, we are controlled by Krishna. So this whole idea of free thinking, it's not a good idea. Rather, we should accept that there is knowledge of reality which exists independently of our endeavors to try to understand reality without understanding the ultimate reality. Scientists and so on, they want to understand how the different chromosomes interact with the sunlight and how we can smelt iron ore, a new, better process. So they have lots of information, but they have no actual knowledge of the purpose of life. And therefore, they are very uh, busy in various activities which bind them in material life more and more. There are so many examples. In 1963, I believe it was, there's, this, there's Martin Luther King Jr. who was leading the civil rights movement so that black people in America could have equal rights to the white people. Then Martin Luther King was shot dead because many of the white people didn't like this idea. So they, they shot him dead. So for all his calls for freedom, he had to leave his body. <laughs> Some people didn't like that idea, that they, they should have freedom to do as they liked. So he, he was, he, the time came. His breath had to uh, walk out of his body. He couldn't control that he would remain alive. So the idea that we should be free to do as we like, say as we like, think as we like, dress as we like, this all stems from the whole idea that we are, we are free living beings, which, all, which is, in the material context, this is untrue. We're not free, or we have very limited freedom. Uh, but in the spiritual context, we are free in as much as we are 
free from the forcing of the material urges. We think we are free, but then vacho vegam, manasakroda vegam, jihva vegam, udarapastra vegam, etan vegam, yo dhira. What is it? Dhira, sarvam apimang priti vingsa One who is free from the urges, maya dictates to us. You talk, go on talking all nonsense. Blah, 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 blah. We go on all day. Uh, the mind goes on in so many ways. If we can't tr- control the mind, then how are we free? Our, we're not controlling our mind, therefore we don't have... If we don't have the freedom to control our mind, then the mind is pulling us here and there, like, a, like an animal being pulled on a rope. If we can't control our anger, our tongue, our genital, our bellies, then although we may proudly say, I am free to think as I like, to do as I like, factually we are puppets in the hand of Maya. Our freedom means we can surrender to Krishna or not surrender to Krishna. That's We don't get much beyond this. That's, this is a big, big uh, decision we have to make. To surrender to Krishna or not to surrender to Krishna. If we surrender to Krishna, then we partake in Krishna's freedom. Krishna is free. Uh, he has his blissful pastimes. We can join in those blissful pastimes. But we can't join in them if we maintain a sense of of distinction from Krishna. If we decide that, well, I'm, I'm different. I, I don't want to serve Krishna. I'll just do whatever I like. But we can't do whatever we like. Or we may get the opportunity to do what we like, but not in exactly the way that we thought we would like. For instance, we may think, well, I like to eat lots of food. Let me be free to do that. But you might not have the money to do it. Or you might have to go and work very hard to get the money so you can eat lots of uh, apparently very tasty foods. But then when you're working to get the money, then you're not free. You have to do what the boss wants you to do. And then while you're taking the food and you eat too much, you're not free from the laws of nature that you won't get a stomachache by eating so much. And although as a human you may eat so many foods, but the desire to eat so many foods will propel us to another body in which we may not eat very nice foods at all. Uh, that is stated that by uh, Narotandas that Nana Joni Shodafiri Kadarja Bokhonakore that we go to different bodies and we eat all kinds of horrible things. Ah. That we're impelled by the modes of nature. When a snake catches a mouse to eat it, the snake thinks, oh, very nice, but we wouldn't like to eat. Would you? How many people here would like to eat, eat a live mouse? Anyone? We're impelled by the modes of nature because we think, well, I'm free, I'll do whatever I like. But we're not free to do whatever we like. We're impelled by the modes of nature. And if we don't surrender to Krishna, then we have to go to the lower species. In the human life, we have some measure of independence, to be free thinking. 
actually some measure of free thinking is required at the beginning of one's spiritual life. One should think, uh, what do I have to do to understand reality? That I should do, having attained this human form of life. But if we don't do that, then we just float through life trying to find things for sense gratification. And to, a, to uh, apparently support our sense gratification, we come up with so many arguments. Well, I'm a free thinker, therefore I don't surrender to any religion or any god. Any bona fide religion has various restrictions on its followers with the idea that certain activities will um, impede one's spiritual advancement. So in Krishna consciousness, we have certain rules. Rise early in the morning is one of them. Uh, observe Ekadashi. And it may be a little tough to do it. You may think, well, there's so many rules. Uh, it's already 8 o'clock in the morning. I didn't eat anything. And uh, I want to eat something. <laughs> or it's Ekadashi. I had to fast. I'm so hungry. Give me some food to eat. So we may think that uh, because these religious systems, they give us rules to follow, so it's better not to be religious and just do what you like. But we can't do what we like. We're controlled by the modes of nature. For instance, if I wanted to... Uh, okay, I don't want to be in Singapore. I want to be in New York City. But you, we can't go there. Oh, well, we could by booking a flight on Singapore Airlines. I believe they fly direct Singapore to New York. Anyway, we could take a flight and go there. But it would take so much time in between being here and being there. We have to have enough money to pay for the ticket. We need a visa to go, most of us here. Uh, so it's not that we have freedom that, well, we can just go anywhere and do what we like, as we like. We're restricted in so many ways. So we should accept the principle that we are restricted. We don't have full freedom to do whatever we like, wherever we like, however we like, if we like. We're so restricted. We have so many restrictions on us physically. We can only be in one place at a time. Then mentally, we can't remember so many things that we'd like to remember. Uh, time is also a limit. If, if we have to make choices about what to do and what not to do, often the time before the decision is to be made is very limited. Um, we're also limited by the amount of education we get. Someone who has got much education, they can consider more about what to do. But if one takes to Krishna consciousness, he gets the best education all at once. Raja Vidya, Raja Guhya. Not only does one get all knowledge, but one gets all happiness by, by engaging in this most pure path of Krishna consciousness. So that is the highest level of freedom we can get is in Krishna consciousness. Otherwise, we're just imagining that we're free, that we're free to think as we like, but the laws of nature are very stringent. If we fail to surrender to Krishna in this life, then we have to go to another material body in our next life. Whereas in this life, if we dedicate our life to Krishna, then our body becomes spiritualized, just like an iron rod in a fire 
becomes hot like the fire, so similarly those who take to Krishna consciousness, they become spiritualized. And then they can become free from the lower impulses of eating, sleeping, mating, defending, of uh, material lust, anger, greed, and so on. So that's the best freedom we can hope for, is to be free from all these degrading influences that are within our minds. Otherwise the idea that we'll, well I'll be neutral and just, uh, I'll just judge everything on its own merit. But we can't, we can't do that. For instance, it's not possible to understand everything or even to use everything without having some basic uh, help from others. What happened? Hmm? Hmm? Oh, I have to go? The class time is over? No, no, I'll go. And, and, uh, I'm free to stay if I like. I don't have to go now. <laughs> He's telling me I should go. So what was I saying? We, we, we depend on others for so many things. Uh, even to make a decision, we, yeah, we, we have to... The knowledge, we say, well, I'm, I'm a free thinker, I believe in science. So, yeah, I believe in relativity theory. Uh, but we have faith in Einstein. We don't understand relativity theory. So this whole idea, I am free. I'll make my own decisions. But to make decisions, we have to... Uh, I, about what I believe in, what I... Do. Basically, free thinker means... They're skeptical. They don't believe in anything. But mostly they have faith in science because they think it's on a very logical basis. But there are so many limitations to science. Logic, observation. Scientists make so many mistakes. They thought Pluto was a planet. Now then they said, no, it's not a planet. Now they want to make it a planet again. There's a move to restore Pluto back to planet status because they made more observations. Yeah. Hmm. So the Vedic paradigm is that we accept the Vedas as being axiomatically true. There is knowledge of reality. Reality, there is reality. The Vedas, they give us knowledge of that reality. Amnaya praha tattvam. That knowledge has to be received through the disciplic succession. Uh, so there is a method, there is knowledge of what is actually real. Free thinker means, well, I don't really accept anything. Although they do accept so many things. When they, when they want to, uh, when they're hungry, they don't freely think and think, well, do I have to eat or not? No. They don't become skeptic about eating. No, I'm going to eat. They accept. They don't even think about it. They say free thinking, but when they're hungry, they don't, they don't go into a big philosophical thing. Well, should I eat or not? No, they just go and take some food. That's all. They, they, so many things. They don't think, well, should I breathe or not? They go on breathing. 
they accept so many things as uh, on on faith as just being normal and natural so that there is an underlying basis to everything is accepted by the followers of the vedas that there is knowledge which we can, we can access that knowledge by the vedic system which means through the parampara from narada who is from vyas narada vyas who are mentioned both of them are mentioned in this verse there are knowers of the truth tatvadarshi we can get knowledge from the tatvadarshis the seers of the truth but we have to submit ourselves to them otherwise we can't learn that's true in any to learn about free thinking you have to learn about it from the different philosophers who have recommended this kind of free thinking but if you challenge them at every second then you can't even learn what their philosophical system is so to learn about the ultimate truth one has to make oneself humble before those who know it and we say well how can you know who knows it you may think well we're caught in a, in a circle here circular reasoning so it does require some faith but those who are fortunate they will appreciate those who do those who manifest the symptoms of saintliness <coughs> satyam shivam sundaram the ultimate reality the truth is good shivam shivam means good auspicious and beautiful so those who have that faith they can recognize someone who is on the platform of satyam shivam sundaram he's on the platform of truth he's not cheating us he's uh he's has our welfare in mind shila prabhat came to the western world as a representative of narad muni to give the ultimate truth which is for the benefit of everyone the shrimad bhagavatam uh, which is the the truth which distinguishes reality from illusion for the welfare of ever, everyone but if we are so called free thinking now nah, i won't accept that because it's just someone's idea but they accept so many so called scientific things which are also someone's idea someone's perspective on reality we can't be absolutely neutral it's not possible we see the world through the eyes of the diff of of the perspective on reality which is our perspective on reality is influenced by others that's why free thinkers will generally come up in in society in western society where this idea has been propagated we won't find free thinkers in we won't find very many for instance in uh, afghanistan or saudi arabia or where there a certain way of thinking has been in in different cultures is is the general overall culture so the very idea of free thinking is a product of a certain kind of culture which means it's it's an inherited thing which means it's not completely free it comes from others it's not that we ourselves have a completely neutral way of thinking because even to think about free thinking we have to get the idea from someone else or we may say well who founded free thinking well there were those who doubted the absolute 
uh, monopoly on knowledge of the church, so they developed these ideas. But their, their development of these ideas was also in, as a negative response to the um, supposed monopoly on knowledge of the church. So this idea of free thinking, if anyone tells you you're a free thinker, he's a free thinker, how free can you be? How free can we be? Our knowledge is limited, our intelligence is limited, our sensory perception is limited, we, uh, we tend to be an illusion, we tend to think that we know a lot more than we actually do, or that we have the capacity to understand much better than we actually can. So the followers of the Vedic knowledge, like Narada, they uh, submit their freedom to hear from Vedic authorities. They accept the fact that we are by nature, uh, we have a desire for freedom, that is our nature, because we are free beings in the sense that we are not dull matter, we're not machines. Uh, we have some independence. Uh, but at the same time, we are controlled in so many ways. So we should find out why we are controlled. How can we be controlled in a way that we can have our best interest, our best situation? So the Vedic conclusion, we, ultimately uh, one can come to the Vedas, one can find so many different opinions, uh, there are so many factors to be considered. We are eternal beings, it's not, as often Srila Prabhupada say, it's not a question of opinion, it is a fact, the, it is a fact that we are eternal beings. And Prabhupada would often give the example that if you see, for instance, if you see a child and then you come back 20 years later, it's the same person. The body has changed, the mind has changed, the person is the same. So what stayed the same? The body chemicals all changed. So it's, the person is not chemicals. The person is the consciousness independent of the chemicals. So this is also, you could say, using some kind of logic. Actually, logic is our not our, not the best methodology. But for people who don't want to accept the statements of Shastra, then we can use this logic to establish the same point. Avinashi tutadviti yena sarva medam tatam to establish that that which pervades the whole body is consciousness, which is non-destructible. The chemicals, the chemical formation of the body changes, it's destroyed. The body that I say, I was five years old, but I, that body is gone and it won't come back. So I am not chemicals. I am spiritual. I am consciousness. I am eternal. So by using logic, we can also start our philosophy. But ultimately to understand, we have to understand we are very small, reality is very great, 
We have to take, we, not just by our own free thinking, we can understand everything. And some people say, well, you can't understand everything. Well, how, how are you to say you can't understand everything? That means you, you, you are, already you know the ultimate reality. You, you are giving some limits. You can't demonstrate that you can't understand everything. We can understand everything by the grace of everything, who is Krishna. We are very small by nature. But we can understand. But we have to become submissive and recognize there are higher powers than us who if we submit to can reveal themselves to us. Ultimately that is Krishna. As Narada very well knows. The free rolling Narada. But he doesn't just wander here and there without any purpose. His purpose is to glorify Krishna. Otherwise, in this material world, everyone is wondering, Brahmanda, Brahmite, this is our business. Eta Brahmanda, Bhari, Ananta Jiva, Gancha, Rashi, Laka, Jonite, Kori, Brahman. In this universe, there are unlimited living beings wandering here and there. Just wandering. In 84 lakh species of life. In Hindi, there's this actually Urdu word, Bhattatka, uh, means just roaming here and there, no particular purpose, nothing, just wandering. They don't know why, for what, where they're going, where they came from, just wandering around. Even the ants are more purposeful. They have some particular purpose. But a human being, he has no purpose in life. He thinks he's free, he's controlled by the modes of nature, he's controlled by lust, so freedom means to become free from birth and death. Freedom means, free thinking means we should uh, submit our thinking process to those who can teach us how to think in a way that will give us freedom from birth and death. So this is the best kind of free thinking. Hare Krishna, any question about this, please? Yeah. Srila Prabhupada went to the Western countries as a representative of Narad Muni. How do we understand that? It's very easy because uh, Narada is a disciple of Brahma, who is a disciple of Krishna, and Narada's disciple is Vyasa. Vyasa's disciple is Madhvachari. In the Madhva line, there are so many gurus, and coming down through uh, Madhavandapuri, Iswarapuri, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, down to Prabhupada. So Srila Prabhupada is representative of all the previous Acharyas, including Narada. Why I specifically mentioned Narada? Well, if you had come at the beginning of the class, you might have known. The verse mentions Narada Muni, but you weren't here to hear it, because you were free to wander in late. That's partial proper use of your freedom and partial misuse. The good use is that you came and the misuse is that you came late. You may have a good reason. Anything else, please? Questions, comments, protests? Five, four, three, two, one. Finished. Okay. Hare Krishna. That's all for now.
Yeah, I announced the books and the CDs.